This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha Ann Simons. Take a Sunday drive through Chicago's outer neighborhoods and you'll soon find yourself cruising past brick house after brick house that look remarkably similar. Those homes are known as the Chicago Bungalow, and it's the subject of our next installment of What's That Building Icon Series. There are tens of thousands of these bungalows scattered throughout Chicago, and I live in one of these neighborhoods. In fact, one out of every three houses is a bungalow, according to the Chicago Bungalow Association. So a few days ago, Reset's Sasha Ann Simons met up with Dennis in Auburn Gresham to see one of these iconic residential streets and to check out one in particular. Let's listen. Hey, Dennis. Good to see you. Hi, Sasha. How are you? Doing well. So, you know what? Last time, I remember you said that we were going to leave downtown, and you were not kidding. We're 84th and May. Yeah, yeah, we're pretty far from downtown. We're far from downtown. We're on a residential street in Auburn Gresham. So, tell me, why did you want to bring me here? I wanted to show you the bungalow belt, and you can see it in all sorts of parts of the city. You could stand downtown and draw a crescent from West Rogers Park counterclockwise all the way through the city to the Indiana state line. And in that belt, you will find tens of thousands, an estimated 80,000 bungalows. We're on that belt now. So is that why the bungalow is considered a Chicago icon? Yeah, because there are, well, because again, there are over 80,000 of them. them. That's one out of three single family homes in the city of Chicago. And the thing about them is, There are bungalows all over the world. The Chicago bungalow is something very specific, and there are so many of them that, I mean, this this really is an icon of Chicago. It may not be the merchandise mart, but anybody who has passed through Chicago, especially working-class neighborhoods, knows what a bungalow is. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up just the global aspect of this because, I mean, I'm thinking of bungalows I grew up with in Ontario, for instance, right? I've always known the word, but... These here in Chicago look quite different. They do, and... They're very unique. They are. One of the reasons they look the way they do is that our city is laid out with these standardized 25 by 125 lots. And so the bungalow was... The bungalow for Chicago was really turned about 90 degrees from what most people think of. If you look at the beach houses in Southern California that are thought of as bungalows in New England... In India, where the British colonizers were building them, they're wide and shallow. Ours are narrow and long Uh, because we've got these long, skinny lots. That's exactly it. Well, the term bungalow, where does it actually come from? It actually starts in India. There are several words that have to do with Bengal that the colonizers from Britain used. They all sort of morphed into the word bungalow. Um, And that was, and the similarities, there are similarities. They had uh, long overhanging roofs to create shade. They were made to be comfortable in any weather. Our bungalow is the same, same concept. It's just that it's made for Chicago weather. So one of the things we have is these heavy, this heavy brick construction Ah. for winter. When you look at the bungalows here on these blocks of May, you see so many of the types. You see the octagon front, you see the flat front. You see the pyramid roof. You see the. Uh, you see some that have aged differently. They've been added to some of them nicely and some of them not so nicely. Uh, very little change to the facades. There are a couple in here that have perma stone on them, but for the most part, what you're seeing is what was built in the 19 teens, 1920s, for this neighborhood. Wow. These, the brick front, the shingle, uh, the asphalt roof. It hasn't changed a lot.
All right, so now we're standing in front of that house you just talked about on May Street. I mean, now that we've picked one out, what would you say is distinct about this bungalow? Well, I, so what's distinct about any bungalow is that it's indistinct in a certain way, right? That you could go to almost any other part of the city, any other piece of the bungalow belt, and see something like this. Brick, flat front, small front porch with mm-hmm. the front stoop, the steps that people would be out on in the hot weather. This is a, a classic of Chicago bungalows. And as it turns out, inside is really amazing. You know, something else I'm noticing is that, you know, with all the bungalows... They're all single-family housing. Is that part of its popularity? It is. So that's really a piece of Chicago's development. There's this great book called The Working Man's Reward by Elaine Lewinek. She wrote about how right after the Great Chicago Fire, there's this need for a lot of housing in Chicago. And the rich elites didn't want the poor people living in barracks-style housing because... It would lead to sex. It would lead to disease. So there's this model of single-family housing in Chicago. And then it's uh, enhanced when a lot of people from places like Germany immigrate because the value of owning land was very important to their culture. So Chicago becomes, according to this book, sort of the model for single-family housing in a city. Even though we also have lots of apartments and lots of condo towers, single-family housing in a city was really sort of a, a Chicago concept or a concept that Chicago built in great numbers. I am super intrigued at this point, and I realize I've actually never seen the inside of one of these homes. Can we go in? Yeah, and I have a good one to be your first bungalow you've gone oh, inside. Awesome. All right, so we're now inside. Wow. And did you feel the threshold we crossed? Oh, for sure. We went back about 105 years to 1918. Look at this. Look at this these panels. The, the embossed wallpaper, which has not been touched. I don't know how it hasn't been ruined in 105 years. Ooh. And then you look at this tile, the hexagonal tile. Anybody who's ever had a bungalow, a lot of two flats, knows that this hexagonal tile is Chicago. You've got the Greek keys all the, all the way around. We're standing in 1918. Literally. Um, so did the interior styles then in, in these bungalows change over time? They did, but really the way they start, a lot of this is very standard because the idea was great materials, a feeling of sort of elevating the middle class with the, the decor like what we're seeing, like this stained glass in the living room. Oh, let's take a look. And this so this vignette of stained glass fireplace flanking bookcases that's the quintessential element of a of a bungalow and the amazing thing is all that wood in this house has never been painted when armrod johnson whom we're going to meet bought this house uh several years ago it had never been painted so he didn't have to do what a lot of bungalow buyers do which is strip layer after layer of paint right. The one thing he did have to strip is this fireplace. You can see it's brick. Yeah. It was painted, um, and he had all the layers of paint removed. He had it soda blasted, which is a version soda of... Soda blasted? I asked him about that. I'd never heard about it. It's like sandblasting, but it uses baking soda, which Armrod said is more environmentally friendly. Interesting. And look at it. It's It looks like brand new brick. Sure does. Well, is there... A way that we can meet Armrod, you think? I think that's a great idea. Let's do it. 
Armrod, thank you so much for having us in your home. Absolutely. It is thank you. absolutely beautiful. Thank you. How long have you lived here? So I've lived here since 2009. So approximately the math, but 14 years, 14 years, almost 14, 14 years. years. So take me back to the first year. I mean, what was it like when you first bought this home? So uh, I'm an avid DIYer. So I had been watching HGTV prior to um, my purchase. And when I purchased, I I saw the potential. Uh, there was carpet. There was uh, wallpaper. So I said, oh, you know, all that. it's very cosmetic. All you have to do is take it down, you know, rip up the carpet. So when I bought it, the first month, I ripped up the carpet trying to do all the the, the, the DIY stuff I saw on, on HGTV, and it was not that easy. <laughs> so uh, I had to pace myself, and I just started uh, knocking projects out one by one. So, I mean, what are some of the things that you ended up doing? Sure. I, I ripped up all the carpet, uh, and luckily there was original hardwood floors. Um, and Which one are of, beautiful. Thank you. Uh, one of the things was uh, they laid uh, newspaper um, and the newspaper was dated like 1922. That was under the carpet? Uh, underneath the carpet. Oh. Uh, and um, stripped it, stripped it, sanded, uh, and stained uh, all the hard floors throughout. In the kitchen, there was uh, vinyl tiling. I pulled up the vinyl tiling, scraped up the glue, refinished the floors, as well as uh, stripped all of the um, wallpaper off all three bedrooms. Oh my goodness. And that was one of the most tedious things I've ever had to I do. I can imagine. How, I mean, how long did all of this take? I would say three years. Yeah. Three years. So what do you think it is, Armrod, about Chicago bungalows? Like, why do so many folks have such an affection for it? I think uh, the Chicago bungalow is pretty much a staple of of sort of the middle class uh, of Chicago living. Uh, it's it's a, a structurally sound home um, that can last, I would say, hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, this building was built in 1918 and, and we're at 105 years old and the, the structure is still sound and, and it's still I would say lasts another 100 years. Armrod, tell me a little bit about your dining room shelves. This is this is a really wonderful built-in and of course it sort of matches the flanking bookcases in the living room. Was that painted? Does this look original as well? It looks gorgeous now. It, yes, it absolutely original. Uh, as um, I'm part of the Chicago Bungalow Association, I've seen many pictures of owners taking their uh, their bookcases out uh, and replacing it with just drywall. But I I chose to leave it, and when I saw it, it was it was unmolested, unpainted. So I decided to to leave it there. Just clean up the the glass and you know scrape all the the dust off and and, and refinish it. Some owner down the line is going to thank you for doing that because other people who buy the other bungalows or those have been ripped out are going to have to try to rebuild it one day, especially at the 120, 130th anniversary. When you talk about this home, you know, of course, lasting for years and years and years, how long do you think you and your family will stay here? Um, I got it at a really good deal, so I, I think I'll keep it in, in, the, uh, in the family. 